Hey, sweet friend, welcome to the Free and Well podcast. I'm so glad that you're here, and I cannot even express how excited I am to share today's episode with you. So, today's episode is an absolute must listen if you're on a journey of recovering from people pleasing or trying to grow your self-love. Danielle just has so much incredible wisdom on these topics. We talk so much about what self-love is, how to start growing your self-love, breaking free from people-pleasing, and some really simple tools to get you started. So a little bit about Danielle. She is a California licensed therapist. She is a speaker and an educator. Her goal is to educate and help others find growth, healing, and self-love. And she has a private practice here in California. She's a mom to three boys, a motivational speaker, and has some incredible e-courses. And her Instagram handle, and this is a lot of, you know, just a lot of the amazing work that she shares. So her Instagram handle is you effing matter, you effing matter. And this message of being unapologetically yourself. And that's something that I just gravitated towards when I found her on Instagram. And that's what so much of her message is about. And I just find it so inspiring and encouraging. And she just has so, so much wisdom to share and has such an energetic personality. So, so excited to share this with you. I hope you enjoy. Hey, sweet 20-something, welcome to the Free and Well podcast. Do you want to feel more confident and stop second-guessing and doubting yourself? Do you wake up feeling motivated and excited only to get caught up in comparison and find yourself distracted and wasting time on social media? Hey friend, I'm Devani. I'm a recovering perfectionist and people pleaser. I'm a therapist, life coach, and a dog mom. And I remember being right where you are, doubting myself, comparing myself, and just wanting to feel content and confident in who I was and in my worth. I'm on a mission to share with you powerful psychology-based tools and simple steps so you can start growing your self-confidence, your self-compassion, and your self-worth while also creating consistent, positive, healthy routines. It's time for you to stop second-guessing and comparing yourself, my friend. Freedom and confidence are calling. And even though I'm a therapist, this show is for educational purposes only. Information from this show is not a substitute for mental health or medical treatment. It is your time. Let's dig in and take some real, authentic, perfectly imperfect action together. Let's go. spending your Friday morning with me. Yes. I'm excited. I'm excited to have adult conversation on this Friday morning. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. So let's get to know you a little bit. So our audience has a little bit more of a, of an idea of who you are. Tell That's us good. what is your go-to coffee or tea beverage? Well, I think I'm a little bit bougie in this area being the fact that I love a hazelnut latte with oat milk. <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to have to try that. I love yeah. an oat milk latte. I've never had it with hazelnut though. That sounds yeah, so good. So good. Yes. But at home, I'm not that fancy because 
you know, you're at home, but so, but it's still oat milk and a little yes. agave. Love it's it. Perfect. So yes. Good. Yes. Okay. And then tell us where is your favorite place to be or spend time? I think the ocean. I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. if this is because of growing up in California, but the ocean, there's something about the ocean that just feeds my soul. Yes. I think there, it's, it scares me and it excites me all at the same time because it's like, wow, this is so powerful. And what is going on underneath the surface? And yet it's so majestic and beautiful. And I like to think that it kind of makes everything feel small, if that makes sense. Thousand percent. I feel mm-hmm. that way when I go camping and mm-hmm. I'm like sitting out, right? Or like I would yes. like at the top of a hike or sitting out looking at the stars at night. And it just yes. makes you feel so tiny. And there's something so powerful about that. Yes. Like nothing really matters, right? Like it yeah. doesn't really matter. It's all just when you feel like small like that, it's like all the things that you worry about or think about, or, you know, that stress you out. It's like, doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Such a powerful reminder. Yes. Amazing. Okay. So tell us what is one of your favorite nuggets or quotes related to this topic that we're going to be digging into today. So I thought a little bit more about this and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to come up with something so, you know, poetic, if you will. But I keep, I kept going back to this one. It's an, it's, no one knows who, who actually said it, but it's, what would you do if you knew you wouldn't fail? And I think so often when it comes to people pleasing or self-love or just feeling empowered and confident, there is this fear of failure on the other end. And that could be actual failure. Like it didn't go well, or it, it was a flop. There's also this fear of abandonment or rejection. And I think that's such a precursor that we have to move through in order to go and do something that's new or scary or uncomfortable for us. So mm. that's, that's probably by far my favorite. Like, what could you, what would you do if you knew you wouldn't fail? So good. Yeah. And I love, I love what you said about the importance of being willing to move through that fear, the fear uh-huh. of rejection or failure mm-hmm. or someone abandoning you, right. The, the need to move through that and break free from that so that you can yes. take those choices, make those moves that feel important for you. Totally. Well, it's such an act of self-love, you know, it's such an act of self-love to go, I'm doing this for growth or for healing or to try something new or to show myself that I can. Mm -hmm. It'd be very easy to retreat and say, no, you know, too scary, too uncomfortable, but there's something so amazing on the other side of growth when we push through our discomfort. So, so powerful. Tell me, because now, now I'm just super curious how you would define this. Tell me how, how you would define self-love. If you could just describe it to someone, what would that sound like? I think, you know, I told someone recently, said, you know, when you push through discomfort and you get to the other side, what I envision is like the old school Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory movie where these kids get this golden ticket and they have no idea what's on the other end. Like self-love and growth is like the Willy Wonka chocolate factory. It's just exciting and beautiful and vibrant and empowering. And that piece of being like unapologetically yourself is just so phenomenal. So I think it's, it's a feeling, right? It's a feeling and it's like wearing an outfit that you feel phenomenal in that just fits you just right. Almost like it was tailored to you. That's self-love. You just feel so good. 
Okay. I love both of those metaphors so much, so much. (laughs) My brain speaks in metaphors. I love that. (laughs) It's so powerful, right? Because it really allows us to feel into what that would feel like. Right. And even as I'm thinking about moments where I felt maybe the most self-love, like a thousand percent, it feels like the best fitting outfit that you just feel phenomenal. Like a hundred percent, that is what it feels like. So that's so vivid. I love that. Yes. Well, it's this one, it's this, the the thought that you could feel like, ah, I don't really like feel great today, or I don't look great today. And everyone on the planet can stop you and go, oh my goodness, you look so good today. doesn't really matter if you don't feel it. Whereas if you had that tailor-made almost feeling outfit, it doesn't really matter who says you look great because you feel like you look great. And there is so much power in that, right? When we think about that inner validation, like when we feel good with ourselves or the choice that we made or the thing that we're, you know, the idea that we have, the thought that we have, whatever it is, whatever it is that we are feeling good in and grounded in and confident in, you're so right. There's so much power in that because then we're so, we're so less worried or uncomfortable right. about what other people may respond with or say, or think, or judge because we feel so grounded in it. Right. The internal validation is like no other, obviously we can, we can seek external validation all we want. And that can be helpful, but it's like being hungry and getting a bite of something rather than getting a meal. So to good. me, yeah. Yes, so, yes. Like to me, it's it's like you know that self that self validation is like this this whole meal rather yeah. than like a little bite here and there. It doesn't really feed you in the way that you want it to. Yeah, thousand mm-hmm. percent. Okay, tell me why is this idea of self love showing up as your most unapologetic, authentic self? Why is this so important to you? Like, why do you love this work so much? So when I thought about this question, particularly, you know, we're taught as therapists only self-disclose if it's therapeutically relevant and the timing is right and all these things. And, uh, the whole, the whole idea of like the page that I started and the name of it, it all ties in together where, will you tell people the name of it? Yeah. It's called you effing matter. (laughs) Okay. I just wanted them to have the context because it's amazing. Okay. Go ahead. ahead. Thank you. I wanted to still be like somewhat PG, but I am a big fan of cuss words as a form of just like expressive language. That's how I was raised where it was just like, I effing love you so much was very much just a part of the gig. So (laughs) it was just a form of really enunciating what you were trying to say, essentially. Um, But why it's so important, I think it's rooted very, it's personal and professional for me. Um, Same with the the people pleasing. And I know we'll get to that, but, you know, I grew up in a home that there was a lot of codependency and a lot of alcoholism. And so that people pleasing got rooted pretty deeply for me as a kid to where you, you think you're supposed to be this chameleon in order to get your needs met, in order to feel safe, feel loved, get, get anything essentially. And learning, uh, as I grew up and then becoming a therapeutic professional, doing my own work and then seeing other people struggle with it. It's so it's, it's kind of the, the core or the basis kind of everything to me, at least, you know, again, like the tailor fitting outfit, 
when you walk around and you feel phenomenal, the, the hard stuff is not that hard. And the phenomenal is so much more vivid and phenomenal and beautiful and experienced in such a deeper way that, and same with relationships. When we experience relationships with someone else, you know, the relationship is felt so much more deeply and we're so much more deeply connected with people. It, again, I think it's kind of the basis to everything, or even as a parent to me, when I can show that to my kids, it's, there's something so phenomenal about it. I have this personal theory that we're almost like paper dolls, like the old school, like paper dolls. But if you hold us all up to light, we have these little holes and there might be big gaping holes or teeny tiny little holes. And those to me are like the unmet needs that didn't get met as children or as younger people. And often if we don't try to heal or grow or find self-love, we tend to go and try and find these people that will try and meet those needs. And whether this is friends, family, a romantic partner, they could fill some They could fill this one, but not all of that and none of that. And then we are still left with that same feeling. So doing that work makes us that complete person, that holding up that paper doll delight and having very minimal holes, but just some scars. That's so, so incredible. I I don't think I've ever heard that metaphor before of like the paper dolls and holding them up into the light and seeing those holes. And that's such an incredible way of looking at like you said, like either our childhood wounds or unmet needs or, right. Or even like patterns and ways of showing up. Like when we, when you mentioned people pleasing and right. Right. Like these habits and ways of thinking or showing up that just aren't, aren't serving us anymore. Totally. Totally. Exactly. Well, it's this idea, like someone else completes you. And in reality, we complete ourselves. And when we can feel complete and whole again, that's, huge self-love and then everything is far more vibrant it's everything added is a huge bonus rather than a need Mm, yeah that's powerful too to think about when your needs are met in that way right or when you're able to heal those things that instead of it feeling like you just did this kind of like grasping motion right for people who are listening you did this grasping motion Mm -hmm. where it's like instead of it feeling like this grasping need like I need others approval. I need people to agree with what I'm saying. I need people to like me instead of that. It's this free flowing, like I feel so comfortable in who I am and accept myself. And then it's like this free flowing, like this is just how I show up in the world. And then everything that comes from that. Right. Yes, exactly. It's almost like, uh, I envision how retirement will feel. (laughs) Like I, I did it all and I'm just chilling and, you know, I'll, I'll chill by the pool. I, I'm sitting by the ocean would be nice, but a pool will work too. I'm, I'm complete as I am. And just anything added to it is just makes it that much better rather than again, a need. Yeah. So good. Tell us more about what it means to be ourselves or to live our lives unapologetically. What does that mean to you? I, when I see it, like there's people and I, I, it's, it's, again, I think it's just like a, a felt sense. It's hard to put into words completely, like what it feels like, but you can see like, there's people that are dressed super like 
I'm going to say not typical. Everyone's wearing maybe a t-shirt and jeans and this person's wearing this like bright neon ensemble. Maybe they have wild hair or whatever it may be. Of course, by typical societal norms, let's say. And there's something so amazing though about seeing this person just like clearly rock it and clearly feel so good. And that that makes them feel so good. And it, it exudes to be unapologetically yourself is to, to have that self-love. But I think it's also to have a lot less shame or guilt over what other people may think of you in your behavior and what you're saying and how you show up in the world. If your intention is, is good, all good. There's plenty of people in this world that are still not going to love it or not going to agree. And they get to do that. They get to be themselves as well. But again, if we are feeling very good and we get to just be ourselves, it really kind of doesn't affect us. They can, they could feel their way and we could feel our way. They can like pepperoni pizza and we can like cheese pizza and like the world will continue. All is good. I don't need to change the toppings on my pizza to uh, connect with you. We can honor each other. And I think too about the level of connection that we're able to experience with people, right? Like when we think about our friends who we maybe feel a little more hidden with, right? Like we kind of like filter ourselves or we're maybe not showing Mm -hmm. up as our full authentic self. We kind of like filter what we're saying, what we're sharing and the level of connection that we feel or how much that fills our cups, right? Versus when we spend time with those people and hopefully we have at least one or two of these people in our lives where we are just so unapologetically ourselves and how that feels and the, the level to which we're able to really feel connected, like that genuine deep connection when you're just being so yourself, right? It creates that space to really connect. Hey love, pardon the interruption really quick. I just wanted to remind you that today is the absolute last day to enter the giveaway. So we're celebrating 25,000 downloads and to say thank you and to let you know how much I appreciate you, we are having a giveaway where all you have to do is head to where you're listening to this or Apple Podcasts or is it iTunes? iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating and a review and that will get you entered into the giveaway. Just make sure that you sign your name at the end of your review. If you want a bonus entry, post a screenshot of the review onto your Instagram story and be sure to tag me, okay? That'll get you an extra entry and the winner is gonna get to choose between a $100 Amazon gift card or an equally valued 60 minute confidence breakthrough coaching call. So you get to choose. If you win, you get to choose the Amazon gift card or the free coaching. I'm so excited. And I just want to say thank you so, so much for being here, for sharing, for listening, all of the things. So this is my way of saying thank you. Okay. Let's get back into the episode. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think the older and older I get, the more and more I value just this smaller circle of people, especially as a parent and a working parent, there's not a whole heck of a lot of time that's left over. And so if I am going to spend time with someone, it is going to be someone that fills that cup for sure. And that we can talk about everything under the sun and 
whether it's weather all the way down to like, what is the meaning of life even? And where are we even going? And why are we here? It's amazing. And absolutely. And it's, but we are able to find those people. I think that much more when we are ourselves, even if we haven't found them yet, I think when we are that more self-connected and unapologetically ourselves, the, the people that will connect with that will be drawn to that energy and that mm-hmm. authenticity because they feel it and it, it matches. I think we're all odd and we're all super weird, but we just have to find the people that match our weird. Yes. I love that so much. I've been on this kick lately, just about letting your weird out. Cause I'm yes. like, I feel like I have so many quirks and so many weird things. And I'm just like, I've been on this whole thing about that. And I think, I think, um, when I, when I think about our community here in this space and the women who are listening to this, really thinking about like how I, I just really want to acknowledge how difficult it can feel to move into that space mm-hmm. of instead of neutralizing yourself, instead of watering yourself down, instead right. of, and I, I don't like using the term vanilla because vanilla is amazing and right. fantastic, yes. but, but like when you're watering yourself down versus just being that, you know, like fully bold, authentic, unapologetically who you are, that can be so scary and so hard mm-hmm. when you're meeting people with people who you already have relationships with, right? Like, what are they going to think? Will they still want to be friends with me? Right. So I just want to acknowledge how challenging that can feel, but also at the same time, what you're saying about when we do own these parts of ourselves, when we let them be seen and we share them, like you said, it's actually easier to find those more genuine connections. Yes. Well, it's so liberating too. I think if we can just like be whatever it is and whoever we are, or however we're feeling that day, it can be incredibly liberating. It just, you care a whole lot less. You give a whole lot less F's I'm going to say, right. It just, you just, it's all good. And so if you want to join, great. And if you don't like, that's okay too. But those connections will definitely come because people are drawn to that authenticity, especially ones that want that for themselves as well. Not always easy. Like you're saying, I completely agree, especially when we, we kind of transfer over to that, right. When we like see, okay, I am really going to go on this journey and I am really going to shed, I'm going to say like old programming or in environmental or parental stuff from childhood and things like that, that can feel very, like you're very exposed or raw and that can feel incredibly comfortable, uncomfortable and vulnerable. And again, like when we, when we sit in it a little bit more, there's this threshold that we seem to cross over and there's just this beauty or this felt sense of like, okay, I, I made it somewhere and this feels so, so good. I get to enjoy and make this that much greater and greater and more comfortable for me because I am me. So good. And I, I think too, that once you start getting little tastes, right? Like once you take like little moments and you take those small steps, like just one situation at a time, I'm all about the baby steps. Right. So like, so like once you take that little small step and it either goes okay, like it's just a neutral experience or it goes well, 
then you start tasting it and then you're like, okay. And then you start wanting it more and more. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Cause you're like, wait, I've been missing out on this, this whole time. Yes. This tastes phenomenal. I want more of this. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. I, and I love, I love when people, there's this fear sometimes too, when we grow, if we ever take a couple steps back, right? Like if we work so hard to set boundaries, let's say, and then suddenly there's a scenario where our boundaries maybe weren't as strong and we have to kind of take a step back and then like repair it, if you will, and kind of rewind, sit with it and then repair it when we're ready. There's this fear I hear a lot that like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be two steps forward, three steps back. To me, you know too much at this point, and you've tasted too many of those pieces and how good that tastes. Absolutely not. You are three steps forward and maybe a step back. Okay. What knocked you off your feet? What made this time different for you? How long do you need to sit with it? How do you want to readdress it? And you could keep it moving when you're ready. But I hear that a lot as well, that there's this fear that oh my gosh, I got so far. And then something made me feel like I'm going to say in air quotes, you all can't see that I relapsed. But in reality, we all have sidestep moments and you've tasted far too much to not keep going. I think that's so important to note because yeah, I think definitely hearing that a lot around this idea of, yeah, either, you know, the, the feeling of like relapse or the feeling too of like, why, why is this still so hard for me? Yes. I, thought I, I thought I healed this. I thought I yes. grew from this. Right. right. Or I shouldn't be doing this or I right. should be further. Or I should have already known this. There's, there's a lot of that as well. And I like to think of it as you wouldn't, if there was a newborn baby, you would not be upset at them for not knowing how to walk. They didn't learn that yet. So why are you upset with yourself for not doing something you didn't learn yet either? So So, mm -hmm. I love that. I love that reminder. Okay. Tell us how does self-love and what we're talking about really relate to people pleasing? Well, I think it's almost, almost the opposite. You know, I mean, you're not really, you think you are, it's, it's this act almost, we get what's called like other esteem, you know, self-esteem is supposed to come from the self. You're supposed to build that up yourself. It's supposed to come from the self. When we people please, we are this chameleon in a room where we go, oh, okay, I need to be yellow. So I'm going to be yellow. Oh, wait, I need to look like a checkerboard. I'm going to look like a checkerboard, whatever it may be, but we're not ourselves. We're not that green that we're supposed to be. So we're not showing up as ourselves and we're getting what's called other esteem. So we're getting this esteem from other people like, ooh, you're so nice or you're so helpful or you're so this. And we go, ooh, okay, this is reinforcing that I should keep being yellow or that I should keep looking like a checkerboard. And then when we do it often enough and long enough, we almost lose some sense of self at, the, at during that time because we get so far away from it. There's so many layers that's in between us and the acts that we do and how we show up each time that we don't really almost know sometimes how to give ourselves love. 
I think that's, yeah, so important to acknowledge. And I love that you talked about the connection to self, because Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that comes up a lot too, is this idea of I've been chameleoning, if I can make that a part, I've I've been turning myself into a chameleon for so long that now I don't even know who I am. I don't even know how I would want to show up here. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like think of, um, let's say a mother and a mother who has been very engulfed in motherhood and whatnot that let's say they get to a point where they're going, okay, I really want to work on loving myself and making more room for me as the person, not the mother, but removing that identity and the feel good feelings that you get from that. Your kids say, I love you. Or someone says, you're such a phenomenal mom. Uh, Removing those pieces again, goes back to that, like raw feeling, almost like removing a layer of skin. And we're going, okay, who is that person? Because we also evolve and grow constantly. And so You may have known who you were 10 years ago, but who are you now? And that can be very, very uncomfortable. And you have to provide that esteem. And that can also be uncomfortable, at least at first. Yeah, absolutely. What do you, what do you feel like maybe some of the first steps would be for people who are wanting to either connect with self again or, or let go of this people pleasing or just moving into that next, you know, step of self-love. What do you think would be some of the first practices or things that they could start doing? Yeah. Yeah. I think being realistic is like the most important, you know, just the desire is wonderful. Like when we're ready enough, like I had a graduate school teacher say that clients have to be like an avocado. They have to be ripe. And I really love that metaphor because I think with growth, we do have to be ripe. When we try to do it a little too soon, it maybe doesn't work as well as it would if we were ripe. You could still cut that avocado open. It's not going to be as tasty, that's for sure. And same with if we're beyond beyond being ripe, potentially. And so I think being ripe is important. And I also think being incredibly realistic is important. So What is a small thing you can do to start? I think we get so excited when we're ready to grow that we're like, I'm going to buy every self-help book. I'm going to go to all these classes. I'm going to listen to every podcast that says self-help in it. And, you know, we just get so uh, enthusiastic, which is what can be really helpful, but it's like running a race. If you sprint out the gate or how much energy will you have at the end? Or what is the likelihood that you'll even finish it? and not peter out halfway through. So being realistic is the most important to me. So where is the areas that you can make maybe small changes and start doing that? Where are the areas that you can maybe set some boundaries and start focusing on yourself a little bit more and saying no to certain things? What are some things that you can maybe shave off your plate and use that time for yourself? Or how are you speaking to yourself? Let's say you could start there and just your mindset. Maybe there's a daily check-in of how you're, how you're feeling and what are you telling yourself or affirmations that you say throughout the day, but just small ways. My thought always is someone says, hey, I want to start going to the gym. Okay, well, what is a realistic number 
Okay, well, I, I think realistically it's four. And I always say, okay, aim for three. Shoot for three. Because if four is absolutely realistic, shoot for three. Because then you're empowered to keep going. Because if you hit four, you're going to feel really great. So it's almost like undershooting a little bit just to empower yourself to keep going. Because if we're very sensitive and we're in that raw and exposed place and we don't hit the mark that we expected to hit, the likelihood that we'll continue is very unlikely. And then we're also going to likely lather ourselves with guilt and shame about it which doesn't help either. So how are we going to expect to dust ourselves off and get back to doing it again if we feel that way? It's like kicking ourselves when we're down. It's not not only not helpful, but not empowering by any means. Yeah, I love that so much. And I think the idea of this is a, a race, right? As in like, yeah. like, this, like picturing that as like, this is a long-term journey, Right. Right. And like, what, what can we do that feels sustainable? That feels realistic. And I think in our culture, especially with how much content is available, we just feel like we need to be doing, and I have totally caught myself here where I'm like, I need to do all of the things I need to change my diet. I need to right have this 10 step morning routine that takes (laughs) three hours. Right. 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 And it's so ridiculous. And then when I don't do it exactly, like you said, you go into this guilt and shame spiral, right? Right. Like, well, I'm just not capable. I just can't do it. So like paring it down, being willing to start small with like, what is, what is one small thing that you can do? What is one small thing that you can do today? Yes. And celebrate that though. Like when you do it, celebrate it. Even if it's just within yourself, I always find that it's really powerful to write it down or to say it out loud to somebody else. It just, it feels so much more um, fruitful in some way when we can say it out loud or write it down. So if you could do that, fabulous. If you aren't comfortable with that just yet, at least just celebrating within yourself. I did it. I did what I thought I wanted to do or I, the goal that I set and I was able to do it. And that's amazing. And that just small act of self-love, that's what's empowering. And we can build upon that. When we start, we're building that foundation and we want it to be a strong one. It's like building a home. You want that foundation to be strong in order to withstand the elements that the rest of your home is going to withstand when it's up and running. hundred percent. And I think as you said that, I, I was kind of reflecting back on Um, like a a feeling that I had when I was struggling with people pleasing a lot of this feeling like just being tossed around in the waves, right. Of Mm -hmm. like what one person was thinking, what another person was thinking, how I showed up here, how I needed to show up here. Yes. And it is so exhausting. Yes. It is so exhausting. Absolutely. Because then at that point, if we think about a scenario like that, you, we get completely away from what we actually want or what we actually feel or what we need uh, because we're so consumed with pleasing everyone else that it is very, very challenging to even know what you need or want or could do from here. Yeah. And I think what one of the tools that you mentioned, which is just checking in with yourself like once a day, yes. how am I? Right. How yes. am I feeling? That could be a really powerful way to start or yes. to start with. Yeah. Um, tell me, because I, I, I've definitely heard this one about, um, 
when we stop people pleasing so much, right? When we start mm-hmm. prioritizing, well, how am I doing? How am I feeling? And then taking that next step of, well, what do I need here? Or how mm-hmm. do I want to show up here? Mm-hmm. Feeling like that's something, right? Like feeling that guilt or feeling yes. like I'm selfish. I'm being selfish because I'm prioritizing myself. Tell me mm-hmm. your thoughts on that. Yeah, that happens a lot. Or that you're rude for setting boundaries and and things like that. That happens a lot. And know that, know that that's par for the course, unfortunately. It's, It's unfortunately something that will likely come up because there's this part of you that finds this safety in that layer of skin that you just removed. And so that part of you is going, I think we should probably put that skin back on that feels safer, that feels more comfortable. Know that that is very much a part of this process, fortunately and unfortunately. I mean, it doesn't feel good, but you know you're on the right path, I think, when you start to feel some of that because you're changing and you're growing and you're evolving. I like to tell people, what would you tell somebody else if this were a family member or a friend and they were struggling in this moment? what would you tell them? Likely you would probably be very empowering and say, oh my gosh, you should, you have nothing to feel guilt or shame about. You're taking care of yourself and you're on this journey. That's so phenomenal. You'd be saying all these very kind things and we should absolutely not have a different standard for ourselves. So I think that is a big, big piece that can be helpful. And if you have supports, that can be such a major help as well. I think the supports that know that you're on this journey and really, we really just need like one, even if you just have one, I mean, more than one is great, but really, if you just have this one that can go, you're good, you're good. It's all, it's all good. You're, you're on this journey. You'll be all right. Um, that can be very helpful to you or a good therapist Amazing. to be able to process yes. that journaling, you know, any of those things to kind of get it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I love what you just said about having the same standard for how we treat ourselves Yes, as how we treat others. And I think that can be an incredible way of understanding self-love as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I'm going (laughs) to, like, I'm going to treat myself the same way that I treat other people. How radically different would you feel? Would you be speaking to yourself? Would you be setting boundaries? Would you be taking that time for yourself doing right? Saying no to the things that are draining, saying yes to the things that are exciting. If you were encouraging yourself the same way that you encourage other people. Right. And why do we need to have a different standard for ourselves? I mean, you know, you hear the term, like we're all our own worst critic. Why do we have to be though? That doesn't have to be a norm. Yeah. And, you know, you also hear this fear of like having a big ego or being like a narcissist if I'm not critical of myself, if I don't feel guilt or shame at times. You know, there's times where we make mistakes and it doesn't feel good, especially if we're a people pleaser or have those tendencies or even in recovery. I know, at least for me, I like to think of myself as a people pleaser in recovery, but there are still moments where I make mistakes where I'm like, Ooh, this does not feel good. And I have to take my own advice in those moments and think, what would I tell a friend? What would I tell my spouse? What would I tell a client? And that 
helps tremendously because why would I have a different standard for them than I would for myself? Yeah. So good. And I think you made another really good point around this idea that as we're stepping out and trying out these new things, and like you've Mm -hmm. been saying, removing this layer of skin, right? This people pleasing, these people pleasing tendencies and desires, or maybe wanting a lot of that external validation as we remove that, it feels so, so uncomfortable, but also acknowledging that our brains want us to stay with what is known and with what is comfortable, even if that unknown practicing setting the boundaries, practicing validating yourself, practicing encouraging yourself is actually going to be more liberating, more healthy, greater for your life and well-being, greater for your relationships. Right. Right. But that those thoughts are so normal because our brain wants us to stay in what's known and comfortable. What we've been doing for 20, 30 years of our lives. Right. Yes. It's like anyone trying to not have sugar anymore. Like, Think about that. Like the the amount that our brain and body goes, no, get it, get it back. That's it's similar. It just, even though we know this is what's best for us, like you said, it's, there's this part of us. It's like, you know, I know how to navigate those waters though. So that feels safer, even though it may not be safe at all or good at all. I it's familiar. And we like familiar. It's, I like to think of it as like a scary movie, even in a scary movie, Think about when something scary is about to happen. The music starts to change and it gets more intense. So we all tense up because we know there's that familiar feeling of like, oh, okay, something's about about to happen. We like to know what's going to happen next and being exposed and having that layer of skin removed. We, we don't know, but we're betting on ourselves. And is there any greater investment than to invest in yourself? Absolutely not. Yes. Love that so much. Okay. Tell me what would be a couple of top recommended like tips or practices or just where, where they can get started. And I know we touched on this a little bit, but just as we're wrapping up, like, where do you feel like women should get started? If they're like, yes, I want more of this in my life. Um, I think, you know, again, I think being realistic, I, I, I saw this question and I thought about it. And I even, I had a speaking gig recently where they asked like, okay, what book should we get and stuff like that? Now this was after like an hour long of giving different ideas of how they can incorporate it into their lives. And I get very hesitant to go, okay, this book, this class, this, that, you know, I think again, my, I'm a big, big fan of writing stuff down. Big fan. Um, we have so much as adults swirling in our brain that it can be such a beautiful release to write something down. Even if it's the notepads on your phone and you start voice texting it, just get it out. What are your goals? Like where I'll I'll backpedal a little. I like thinking of it as like a maze. Like, so you're at the end point, imagine the end, imagine the finish line and imagine how that good that's going to feel. And then if you were to work your way backwards to where you're standing right now, what would that look like? Like, how can you get there? If that makes sense. And so it's going to be very individual, obviously. So thinking about where you want to go and thinking about where you are right now and like, what are some of the hardships, difficulties, or some of the triumphs that you can see, or just avenues and ways that you can see yourself getting there? Does that mean affirmations are wonderful for you? Does that mean 
joining a therapy group of other women is good for you or taking a course or starting therapy or just incorporating more walks or wellness things every day. We all would know that if we knew what we were looking for, where are we looking to be? Yeah, that's so incredible. And I think with this idea of like, as you're mapping that out, yeah. right, what is just the one first step that you yes. want to start with, right? With that realistic piece. Yeah. Yeah. And then once you start achieving that and you see like the regular motion, especially if this is written down, you can reference back to it and go, okay, I've been really working on my mindset and it's been a solid month or so. And now I want to start incorporating this boundaries. Now I want to start incorporating, you know, wellness in other ways, whatever it may be. But if we have that almost map, if you will, or that maze, if you will, we can reference back to it, but also be realistic and kind of pick it up and put it down when we're ready. I also want to say honoring our personal best every day is so, so key on this journey. I think on this journey particularly, but I think also as human beings in general, please recognize that our personal best every day will look entirely different will look completely different. And we cannot judge a phenomenal day and compare that to a day that was not good. That was rough. Let's say we were physically sick or super exhausted or just super stressed out. The way we show up that day and our personal best that day is going to look vastly different than on a day that we're physically well, slept great and not a stressful week. So we need to be mindful of that on this journey as well, because again, there's times where it's not going to look exactly like we had plans. And a part of active self-love is, is giving grace and some acceptance that not every day is going to look the same or feel the same. So, so important. Yeah. That your best is going to look different every day. Yes. So important. Yes. Amazing. Any last thoughts on where they can start. Oh, there was something I brain farted for a second. And then it came back (laughs) was acknowledging the season of life that you're in acknowledging. And that goes along with what you were saying about your personal best being different every day. Right. So acknowledging like what season am I in? How much time can I actually give to this? What feels realistic in this season as well? Yes. Yeah. And because I think also when we get in these modes, we, we can also start comparing as well and go, oh, well, you know, even if it's, let's say it's someone on social media. I mean, we live in a world where it's very easy to say, oh, look at what they're doing or look at how they look or look at how they're living their life or look at the success they have and begin to start comparing ourselves. I think it's very easy to start doing that, especially when we haven't found our kind of groove or direction quite yet. So I think being mindful of that is important and being realistic, like you said, of the season that you're in, or even if, you know, you're working through something, let's say you're working through grief and loss, or you have like a physical ailment that you're working. There's so many factors that make each person's process and path completely unique. There may be crossover with other people but our path is unique and that's what makes it so cool. That's what makes it so beautiful and so authentic. And there's that unapologetic energy that comes from that because we're just finding our little funky groove and it's so good. So know that you'll feel it. 
it's not always something that someone can say, you know, A plus B equals C. It's a, it's a felt sense. And you will absolutely know. And even if you get a little tiny bite, even a little tiny crumb, you will feel it and go, ooh, okay. I don't know what that was, but it was good. And I want to go towards that. More of that, please. So, so good. Amazing. Okay. Tell our listeners where they can find you and connect with you. Yes. So I have social media. I am on TikTok and Instagram for you effing matter. And it's, it's Y-O-U-F-I-N-G and then matter M-A-T-T-E-R. They can find me there. Um, I have my website, which is just my first name, last name.com. So Danielle Reale, R-I-E-L-E, Com. And you can have, find all the good stuff on either one of those, my courses and all that good stuff there. So amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for Thank being Thank you for here. having me. So excited. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope this episode spoke to you and encouraged you. Also, I have an online community that is just for you. Head to freeandwellcommunity.com and make sure that you enter your email address so that you can get weekly journal prompts from me and be the first to hear about new episodes. All right, my friend, I will see you at our next coaching coffee date. Have a beautiful rest of your day.